Um, but calls are important. But I look at Scripture this morning and I see where God called 12 men to share the Gospel. God called 12 men to change the face of this planet. God called them to a ministry. And God called them by name. If you got your Bibles this morning, I want to, I want to invite you to turn to John chapter 1. I'll just do a quick apology. Normally when I preach, I'll just have a few scriptures and we'll sit and rest on that. But this morning, I just feel like I need to read several verses. So I don't want to bore you with that. So how to keep from boring you this morning is for you to kind of put your nose in it with me and let's read it together. Now, I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation, so it's a little bit different read. Um, but if you want to read on the screens, whatever, we don't, when I say read it, you don't have to make that an audible read, but just read along with me and let's hear the message this morning. I think it's important to read the first of John because they were being called to a mission. And the mission was not about them. It wasn't about them looking good and them, you know, sharing their name and their word and their truth. No, the mission was always about the call of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that God somehow took on the flesh of man and came to this planet and he, and he came to seek and to save that which was lost. So in John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. We look at those first verses there, and it's just saying this is who Jesus is. He's the Word. When God said, let there be light, it was Jesus' Word speaking that, and light came into existence. When God said, let there be darkness, He spoke it. The Word, Jesus, He has always been and always will be. And the important thing, that light, the light of Jesus Christ, it shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. It was, an, it was a message for the church then, and it is a message for the church today. The light of Jesus Christ can never be extinguished. You know, when I hear um, facts about, you know, like birthing percentages, you know, there's this whole thing out there where, you know, we don't have as many children. Christians don't have as many children as, say, Muslim families and things of that nature. And at some point in time, we're going to become the minority. And people act as if that's going to be the end of Christianity. I want to tell you right here in this verse, Christianity is not ending. Maybe, maybe whatever we call it, because I don't even think it's important that we call it Christianity. They didn't call it Christianity. They called it being followers of the way. What's important is the story of Jesus will never end. And it will never be extinguished because it's alive. And it always has been alive. And it's alive in, through his, or in his victorious body, and it is alive in me and you. You see, this morning he's called us by name. 
Now, I don't know your story. I don't know when he called you. For me, I was a 12-year-old boy. Simple words of a high school principal. Son, where do you go to church? It set me on a path to the truth. You know, I, I just, why? Why is church important? Why, does, why do people go to church? What's that all about? I heard the message, and then it sent me on a path to my knees, asking God to forgive me of my sins and set me free. That truth will never die. It can never be extinguished. As we go on and read verse 6, God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. You and I are not the light. We're just a reflection of the light. You know, God has called us to be the light of the world, but what are we doing? We're reflectors. He shines, and, it, and the, the cleaner we are and the more we get us out of the way, the more we can reflect the light of Jesus Christ. John was himself not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The light, or the one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the, into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people. And even they rejected him. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human, and he made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's. One and only Son. You and I have all experienced that, right? Or most of us in this room. When we heard the gospel for the first time, when we realized, man, I need that. I need what he did for me. I'm a wretched sinner and, I, and I'm undone. As the scripture says in Romans, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. I can't make it to heaven without what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary. And that truth was revealed to us and opened our eyes in such a way that we called out and we saw God and his glory and his mighty work working in our lives. And we began to see God in a way that, that we can't even explain sometimes. But it's, it's a sight that's beyond what we see in the natural. It's a sight that we have in the spiritual where we see the hand of God moving in our midst. And that's what John was he was calling out as one in the wilderness. You hear that word wilderness and you think about, I think about the people of Israel all those years wandering in a wilderness. Just wandering. They wandered enough that everybody died off until they finally achieved the promised land. I had a vision the other day God gave me and and I say that, and I don't say that lightly. It's not that I go around and have visions of God all the time, but I feel like he gave it to me. And it was a vision of, of me wandering in a wilderness. And every now and then, this bright shaft of light would come beaming through the trees. So I was walking, and all I could see was tree trunks. All I could see was the limbs. All I could see is just 
really darkness or a haze. There's a little light, but not much. And I'm walking through and every now and then I would pass and I would see this bright shaft of light shine through the trees. And God began to speak to me and he said, Billy, that's you. You're wandering in a wilderness right now. I've called you to something. I've called you to do something. And all you keep doing is just walking in this wilderness. And every now and then you see glimpses of me. Every now and then you see the glimpse of the call on your life, but you're just wandering. And so John was one that was crying out to come out of that wilderness, come out of that lost place, come out of the darkness and come into the light. Of Jesus Christ. Even as children of God, we can get to a place where we walk in the wrong place. And we walk there way too long. And we can even find ourselves dying in that place. God has called us. God has a purpose and a mission for every single one of us in this room. You're not too young. You're not too old. You're not too sick, weak frail, you're not too financially well off or financially poor, that God can't call you and use you for his purpose and his plan. And my friends, that's exactly what we want to be this morning, is vessels of this mighty God that we serve. John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, this is the one I was talking about when I said, someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. Man, I love that. I, I, Jesus has always been and always will be. And John recognized that truth. The stress of life couldn't weigh him down because he was serving something bigger than himself. That, that will always exist and always has existed. From his abundance, we all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. So we see that in the first part of John, where it's just proclamation of who Jesus is, what Jesus is about, why he's here. If we turn over to verse 35 in the Scriptures, we, get, we begin to see what God's called Jesus to do. This is John the Baptist still speaking. He says, or this is John the Baptist speaking. He says, the following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John said, look at him and declared, look, there is the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? He asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Jesus said, come and see. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to a place where he was staying, and they remained with him the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Verse 41, Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought 
Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, Your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Come, follow me. Philip was from Bethesda, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. And they approached Jesus. Now here's a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. How do you know about me? Nathanael asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Then Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. Jesus asked him, do you believe this just because I told you I had seen you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. Then he said, I tell you the truth. You will see heaven open up are open, and the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. Now, prior to this happening, guys, Jesus, it seems to me, and it's hard for me to explain this, he was always called, right? But it was almost like he was commissioned prior to this moment. And we see that in the Scripture, and I script, skipped over the verse um, a moment ago, but John the Baptist is out baptizing people. He's, he's telling people to repent and be baptized. And Jesus comes along, and he asks John to baptize him, and he's like, I'm not worthy to do so. I can't, I can't do that. And the Scripture tells us that Jesus was baptized, and when he was, that a dove descended from heaven and sat upon him. And that was the Holy Spirit. And in the Scriptures, and I'll read this, it says, um, because I I don't want to skip that verse. Then John testified in verse 32. Then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. I didn't know he was the one. But when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will be or who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. Remember this morning we're talking about a call. Jesus was called, and then he is commissioned. Now, I don't... I don't completely understand that as well because Jesus has always been. He always knew the plan. The only thing I can figure is I look at Scripture, and I'm going to take some liberty. The only thing I can figure is Jesus was just simply giving me and you an example of what it looks like in our life, that we will be called and then we will be commissioned. We'll be called to the task. We'll be called to follow. We'll be called to come to him. We'll be called just like these disciples I read a moment ago. Simon is called. Jesus says, hey, I've called you. Now I'm going to change your name. You're no longer Simon, but you're Cephas. You're Peter. You're going to be that rock on which I build the church, the, that type of faith. I'm going to call you to a mission. And so each one of these men were called to a mission. Now, I don't, I don't think Jesus 
was just, hey, only men can serve in the church. Because as Nelson is preaching out of Acts chapter 2, we see where men and women were followers of Christ. We see where men and women serve God in that capacity. But he did call these 12 men for specific purpose because he needed to paint that picture. He needed to go from the old to the new. And so those 12 tribes need to be represented by the 12 disciples. There need to be that correlation, that connection. But God has called all of us to serve the Lord. But maybe we're just living in the call and we haven't started the commission. Let me explain. These disciples, they were called to to witness Jesus, use his hands, to follow him wherever he walked with his feet. And so they did that exactly. But they didn't understand it. These men weren't called based upon their stature or who they were. They weren't, some were not even educated men. Some were. They were were more blue-collared gentlemen than anything else, but they were called because God just said, hey, these are the guys that want to call for this purpose. They didn't have any unique traits that God just chose them and didn't choose us. They were just called. They're a representation of us that, hey, we don't have to look the part. We don't have to look like the world wants us to look or like the church wants us to look. We simply just have to take heed to the call. So they began to follow Jesus. They saw some amazing things. They saw Jesus turn water into wine. Go to a wedding. Jesus steps out. And he performs his first miracle. They see Jesus, you know, set someone free from possession of the devil. They see Jesus walk on water. They see Jesus go in and and just begin to heal a multitude of people. But all they're doing is witnessing that with their eyes. They're They're not living that out. They're just watching. They'll, they'll be obedient. He'll say, hey, do this or that, and they'll, they'll take heed to that. But sometimes I don't even know if they got it. They were just enamored and amazed by his miracles. But in Acts chapter 2, they were commissioned. I mean, yeah, they had been commissioned before and told to go out two by two. But on that day, something happened to them where they were changed forever. It's just like when Jesus, the Holy Spirit, descended on him and sat on him. At that moment, that's when Jesus' ministry began. And the world turned upside down. In the same way in Acts chapter 2, when Jesus shows up or the Holy Spirit shows up in the room and those tongues of fire sit upon them and they're baptized in the Holy Spirit, then everything changes. I I don't know if I can get the point across this morning, but I want to go back and say it again. Maybe this morning some of us have been called, but we've never accepted that commission. We've been called to follow Jesus, and so in the natural we're doing that. We're here this morning. We, we, you know, when we leave this place this week, we'll pray and we'll read our Bible. Some of us will be so hungry for God, we'll look at the Scripture every day and we'll not only read the Bible, but we'll read commentaries and books and we'll try to know who God is. 
But have we ever really come to the place where the Holy Spirit has baptized us and ministry began in a way that we can't explain? Where the Holy Spirit sat upon us, consumed us, and it went from our head to our heart and went from our head to our heart to our hands and our feet. See, the the disciples, they followed Jesus and His hands and His feet. But when they were commissioned or when the Holy Spirit moved on their life, they became the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ. And that's totally different. It's one thing to, to read about, to become knowledgeable, about the greatness of God, and it's another thing to walk in that greatness every day and begin to touch the lives of others. Now, we live in a world today that has us all bungeed up and turned around, and um, and honestly, I think it's just the tool of the devil to distract us as children of the Most High God. Because... Today, we live in a world where our call, we forget it. We, we start thinking, well, maybe my call is to be a conservative, you know, or my call is to, to make lots of money and then somehow give away a lot. You know, and I'm not saying God can't use those things, but at the end of the day, you and I are simply called to do one thing, and that is to serve Christ and to bear his name. And so we get all upset and bent out of shape about a lot of things that Jesus would have never been been out of shape about because he never lost sight of what his call was. He became the hands and feet of Christ, or he became the hands and feet of God and he because he was God, and he began to touch the lives of humanity. And that's what God has called us to do. These men were called to follow Christ, and they did just that. They followed him to the end. They didn't get it initially, but they just followed. And when the Holy Spirit came down upon them, everything changed. I want to ask you this morning, what is God calling you to do? Nelson preached for a whole year on spiritual gifts. And what is your gift? You know, what is it? And I think the ultimate goal of that in the passage is just to get us into the place where we accept that call God has for us and serve in that capacity to find a way to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to literally be the body of Christ. And so just coming and being a part of a body is not enough. There's a place in time where we have to step out and we got to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And what that looks like, completely for you, I don't know, because I can barely figure out what it looks like for me. All I know is I have to be sensitive to what God's called me to do and listen to his voice and say, God, here I am. I want to follow you. There's a story in scripture where the disciples, they were in a boat. And Jesus began to walk out on the water and they saw him at a distance And the seas were rough that night. And Jesus walked to the boat. And, and Peter, in that moment, was just overwhelmed by the presence of Christ. 
And he's like, Lord, can I come out? And Jesus like, come on. And Peter made that step on the water. If I read Scripture and I interpret it correctly, he walked on the water just as Jesus. He stood on the water. But then all of a sudden those waves and that the not being familiar with that environment, it was just a little much, and he began to sink. He took his eyes on, off Jesus and put his eyes on his circumstances. And he lost sight of that call. He lost sight of who he followed off of that boat. And he had his eyes on everything else. For me personally, I think that's what has gone on in my life for the last two or three years. It's just put my eyes on life circumstances instead of just saying, Jesus I surrender. I'm here. I'm I'm called by you and I'm going to follow you. And it's taken a long time to put my eyes back on Jesus and say, "Here, I'm your disciple. I'm here to follow you. You've called me and you've commissioned me, and I surrender to you." Cuz I I don't want to sink in the water. I want to stand on the waves. I don't want to drown in the things that that can physically, should physically drown me. I want to be victorious over those things. And I want to stand upon them. And I want to come to a place that not only do I stand upon them, but just as Jesus did, I want to walk on them. I want to use them as a tool to walk through this life and serve my Lord. Instead of use them as, or for them to be used in something that I stay under all the time. And I stay beaten and battered all the time. See, along with our call that God gives us, there is also the adversary, the enemy, that recognizes that in mind in your life. He sees what you're going through, what your weaknesses are, and he wants to bring you to a place that all you can do is just focus on what's at at present hand. All you can do is just look at your circumstances, and, and this is all you can deal with. You and I have got to rise above that. And somehow we've got to go, no, I am called by God for a purpose. And that is the purpose in which I'm going to live. I'm not going to lose sight of the things that I've got at hand, the things that are going on around me, but I'm going to follow God. These disciples, they did just that. When they said they follow Jesus, the first one, what did he say? He said, where do you stay? He says, come and see. Now, Jesus didn't feed it all to him at the beginning because I kind of laugh because the Bible says that Jesus didn't have a place to lay his head. So when he said, where do you stay? It's not 2076 Guthrie Drive, Morris, Alabama. There's no specific address. That didn't have value. He's like, just come and see. In other words, just follow me because where I'm living, there's life. Where I'm at, there's life. Where I'm at, there's shelter. Where I'm at, there's hope. Where I'm at, there's peace. Where I'm at, there's joy. Where I am at is completeness, and you are fulfilled. So he said, come and see. God has called us because he knows that we need him. 
But our problem is that calling, we lose sight of it. We get caught up in the waves and we miss it. He said to that disciple, just come and see. This morning God has called you and life circumstances are weighing you down. And yet, you accept the call. You've asked Jesus into your heart. And yeah, you're reading the scriptures. And yes, you're here on a Sunday morning. But are you really commissioned? Are you serving God with your life? Have you gone from just witnessing God, use his hands and feet, to you becoming the hands and feet of Christ? This morning, it's not a, a message of, of guilt or to, to weigh you down, but it, it should be a message to recognize that if we come to that place, we fulfill our purpose and we will find joy that we can't find anywhere else. When we come and see, when we come to and follow Jesus, when we do what he said to that disciple, just come and see, we are fulfilled in a way that only he can fulfill us. See, life circumstances get us in a place where, man, I'm thinking about my money. I'm thinking about my finances. I'm thinking about what's going on with my children. I'm thinking about, you know, how am I going to handle this job? How, you know, what am I going to do with all of this? And those are very real issues. But when you and I set our priority and we recognize that our call is from above, that changes even how we approach all of those things, how we digest all of that. Anxiety slips away, and peace takes over. We, we, we look at the waves differently. They're not what's going to defeat us. They're what we're going to walk on. And we're going to follow Christ to the ends of the world. God has called us all. Let's not lose sight of that calling. God has called us specifically by name. I love it when he, he talks to Nathaniel. He says, one disciple he's calling by name, and one disciple he's just saying, hey, I know who you are. I know where you've been. You've been sitting by a fig tree. Nathaniel's like, what? How do you even know that? Because God knows where we're at. He knows our name. He knows us. God is calling us. So the question is this morning, have we done more than just accept the call but lived in the call? I don't want to repeat myself a lot, but are we just watching the hands and feet of Christ? Or are we the hands and feet of Christ? God's calling you this morning. This morning, I want to give you an opportunity to pray through that and surrender to that. Because this morning, a lot of us, you know, man, I just want to lay down the stress of life, and I just want to get over what I'm going through, and I just want all of this stuff that's going on to be fixed. And really, maybe you just need to be saying, God, I surrender your, to your call. I'm yours. I'm going to just follow you. And I'm going to trust you're going to take care of the other things. I'm going to walk upon these waves. I'm going to accept that call. Let's pray. For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org.
or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Eagles Wing Church. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.